0: We've been working through uh, a relationship study. Uh, we've called it relationship status. Uh, we could all, put all kinds of options. If you have the the slide, you know, there's you're in a relationship. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're just single. Maybe you know. Maybe you're a bachelor to the rapture. May, who knows? Who yeah. kno- who knows what what your status is? Maybe you know. There's all there's all different. There's all different relationships that you can be in. You have a relationship with your parents. You have a relationship with your siblings. You have relationships with your friends, okay? And so we've been working through all the different dynamics and and angles we can think of of what God says about those relationships and how we build into them and how we invest into one another. And so that's been our study. Uh, Tonight, I'm going to try to cut this really short so that we can have some time to just sit in small groups And do some chit-chat about what we've covered in past weeks. So a little bit of this will be review, because I've talked a lot over the last several weeks. And so we've covered a lot of things, and I'm hoping to to give us a chance to relate on relationships. So, you know, that's important, right? If if we're going to have relationships with one another, we've got to find time to talk about it. Uh, Find time to talk about what God is teaching us. Uh, Maybe we just have questions, and that's okay, too. Too. too, I can't even talk. Uh, That's awesome. Uh, and so tonight we're going to get into the study. Uh, we're going to be in Matthew chapter seven again, if you want to turn there. And if not, again, the verses will be on the screen. And also if you if you didn't grab a study sheet, they're on the the little tables. we've got pens and all that stuff. so we'll we'll get rolling. Um, you know speaking of relationships. I grew up in in a household it was it was a single mom environment. Um, my dad left before I could ever get to know him. I think I was like six months old or something like that so i 've never known him i 've never talked to him. Uh, the environment I grew up in was was mom was the boss because she was the only boss right and and she worked a lot. she was home very seldom. We grew up at babysitters' houses and man we we just had a, a rough time at different times. We had no clue how bad it was. My mom felt all the pressure, for sure. Um, but growing up that way, man, I determined, man, I'm not gonna repeat that. When, when I have a family, I'm gonna make sure that, that I'm there for my kids, right? When, when I have relationships, I'm gonna make sure that mine are different than what my mom went through. And, and I'm not faulting her, I just, I just didn't want to experience again the things I had grown up in. And and certainly, she would agree she wouldn't want me to experience them the way she did. And so the problem is, every time life puts pressure on you, you respond in the way you know how to respond, all right? So all that I knew was one environment. All that I knew was, you know, seeing through the filters that that I grew up in. And so when, when life puts its pressure on you, when things get difficult, you do what you know, right? You you continually are who you are, and, and that's all you know to do. And so after I gave my life to Christ, I shared a, a few weeks ago, and God really started to work in my heart and show me that, man, Matt, you you don't even know how to be a man. And and I'm gonna help you grow up. You you don't know how to be a husband you don't even know how to be a boyfriend you don't know any of those things so so man god really worked on my heart so i determined right off the bat lord i'm just going to i'm just going to put myself at your feet you teach me what i need to learn you you tell me where i need to go i'll just i'll just wait all right and and so god began to work in my heart and began to show me through his word and through the church here how to be a man how to be a man of god how to love others how to lead others how to you know, and, and I'm still learning, <laughs> I'm still very much a work in, in progress, but God has taught me so many things that now, when life's pressure comes on, I don't have to react the way I grew up. I, I don't have to react to situations and, and back away from those situations, because I only knew that mom was the boss, I'm not the boss, the man's not the boss, the man doesn't, doesn't lead, you just follow. And, and, and God has grown me up quite a bit, hopefully still doing it, and man, I've learned so many things. We've we've been looking at Matthew chapter 7, we've started in verse 24 each week for the last several weeks, and we're going to start there again tonight, so let's read those verses. He says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not." For it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. You see, that's the house I grew up in, the second one, that every storm knocked it down, every every trial of life made a big mess. And, and I was determined in my own power to not live that way, but I had no idea in my own mind and in my own flesh how to pull that off. I only knew how to do the same. Or I only knew how to make a whole different kind of mess. But God set me on the rock that is Christ, and he started teaching me how to follow his rules, how to follow his, his discipline, and, and, and how he's laid out the steps for building relationships that last. And so that's what we're going to talk about again tonight. Proverbs 16, 25. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. I mean, we, we think we know how to do some certain things, and then man, we keep making a mess. Right? We keep doing things our way, and we keep ending up with our results. Man, I, I'm, I'm tired of doing things my way because my results aren't good enough, and God promises such better results I'm going to start doing things his way. The reason I can't figure it out, Romans 7:18 says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me. I, I want to do right. I want to do what God wants me to do, but how to perform it, how to perform that which is good, I find not. The answer doesn't exist in me. Right? The answer we're searching for exists in God's word. It exists in Christ. And if, if you've been with us on Sunday mornings, We've been going through First Corinthians, and First Corinthians chapter one, uh, verse eighteen through 20, specifically in verse 20, God says, "This world has nothing to offer but foolishness." right the, Because this world is is individuals offering the the nothing that each individual has to offer, right in in me is is no good thing, and in you is no good thing, and in somebody else is no good thing. And in the wisest philosopher that we can find there is no good thing. The good thing and, and the proper plan comes from God. It comes from his word. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 through 14 says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which, which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth comparing spiritual things with spiritual, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Okay, so there's this dichotomy going on, man's wisdom versus God's wisdom, right? And we've been saying all along, look, if you want the results that the world has to offer, if you want the results that the rest of the world is getting when they're building relationships, then just go ahead and do what the rest of the world is doing. If you want the failed relationships and the high, incredibly high divorce rate, you know divorce rates have actually gone down in recent years? Because people stopped getting married. We'll just shack up instead. Right? We'll we'll just we'll just forget the official Ohio license and and we'll just pretend we're married. And then when we split up, we're not a statistic. Well, that's wonderful news, you know. Isn't isn't that encouraging? the world has terrible results because the world is full of individuals doing things their own way. God has promised lasting, meaningful, deep relationships. But you got to do it God's way. Right? He, he's the one who created us. He knows what we need. He's laid out a plan. And man, it would be just really smart of us to follow it. And it all sounds very simple in theory, you know, everything in practice is, is just a little bit harder because the flesh is deceiving and it's smart and it's hungry and it's, it's all of those things. And so we constantly deal with that. So tonight we're going to look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 uh, and 14, just a couple of short verses. And uh, we'll, we'll read this and then I'll pray. It says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, um, I understand that, that what you're talking about here is that you know, following you is not an easy thing, and when things don't come easy to us, most of us, we toss it to the side and we take the easy path. There, there are no shortcuts to getting the right results, Lord, and we don't want to do that. We don't want to take shortcuts when, when you're promising good things to us. We, want, we definitely desire those good things. We desire to, to live lives that have meaningful relationships, that have people that we care about, that care about us, that we can glorify you by the lives that we live and by the people that we spend time with. Lord, I pray tonight that you'd work on our hearts continually, that you would help us to be reprogrammed from what this world has told us is true. Help us to see what your word says is true and, and to believe it and place our faith there. We love you. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so how many of you have ever been told that it's a good thing to be narrow-minded? Not one. Narrow-mindedness is, is a, in our society, it's, it's almost like a bad word, right? If you're narrow-minded... That's the equivalent of being stupid. It, would, you, would you agree? That, if, if somebody would call you narrow-minded, you would not be like, wow, that's my friend. <laughs> Thank you, friend, for, for saying nice things about me. No, that's, that's, a, that's kind of a slam, right? And that's your first blank. Because that's exactly what God wants us to be. Not stupid, not, not foolish. Remember, that there's the world's wisdom, and then there's God's wisdom. The world looks at God's wisdom and says, that's foolishness. And we look at the world's results and we say, well, who's the fool? <laughs> Everything you're getting is, is, is a mess because you're doing it in your flesh. You're doing it to, to fulfill yourself. You're not following God's foolish plan. You're missing out. The first thing that's, that's narrow-minded is, is there is one way, to salvation. And I know most of you know this, but we're going to cover it because this is, this is exactly how we get other valuable relationships in our, our life. We start with the relationship with Jesus Christ, right? There is one way to salvation. There's one way to get a relationship with God. And John 14 6 says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So, man, Tell that to a Muslim. and <laughs> You're going to have a fight on your hands. Tell that to anybody who believes any other way. This world wants you to believe that, look, there's, there's all kinds of ways to heaven, as long as you're a good person. Well, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the one and only way. You, you, can, you can have all kinds of other plans, and, and they're not going to end up where Jesus is. They're not going to end up with God. There's one plan. John chapter 10, verses 7 through 15 says, Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, he's saying, Truly, truly, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. I am come that they might have life that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and scatters the sheep. The hireling flees, right? The, the guy who's just hired to work there flees. The, the guy who owns the sheep, he's going to fight for him. Because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. And the Father knoweth me, even so I know the Father. And know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Okay, so this is just a story that Jesus is telling the disciples. He's saying, Hey, you know how there's a sheepfold? There's one way in. I'm the door. He compares himself to two things: a shepherd and a door. I'm the door, I'm the only way in to this sheepfold. I'm also the shepherd, and I'm going to take care, and I'm going to give my life for the sheep. You believe in me, you come through the door, and I've got your life. And, and the, the wicked one that's going to come to steal and kill and destroy, he can't get in. I've got you protected, right? I'm the door, and I'm the shepherd. There's only one way. There's only one door, and it's Jesus Christ. John 3, 16 and 17, 17, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, through the door, might be saved. That's the only way. It's through Jesus Christ. Acts four twelve. neither is there salvation in any other. How many ways can we say this? For there is none other name under heaven Given among men, whereby we must be saved. You're going to be saved, you've got to go through the door. You've got to go through Christ. It's only available through Christ. And Romans 10, 13 gives us the promise. For whosoever, that's anybody, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is his promise. All right, so letter B, letter A was, was the one way of salvation. Letter B is God's way of building lasting relationships, and this is just review of, of the last three or so weeks, so we'll kind of go quick here so that we can keep moving. If you're here tonight and you didn't, didn't make it for those, um, we do have the audio online. Um, I think it's firstbaptist.church is the new website. You can go on the well and there's, there's audio messages if, if you're interested. Um, you can catch up with some of these points. Uh, but God's way of building lasting relationships, the things that we've seen is, first and foremost, you've got to pursue Christ with all that you are. You're, you're not going to be worth anything to anybody else if you don't have that relationship right. If your relationship with Christ isn't healthy and you want God to give you a good godly girl or a good godly man, why would he give you to them if they're pursuing him with all their heart? Right? That, that's unbalanced. That's not fair to them that you shouldn't have to walk with the Lord, and it's just not right. Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40 talks all about that. Putting our, all of our heart, mind, soul, strength on Jesus Christ first. And what we saw in that study was that when you do that, the second thing he gives you the energy for and the desire for and the vision for is, is loving everybody else. And all of the law and prophets hangs on those two commandments. You focus on Christ first with everything you've got, and he takes care of the rest. He just does it. It's incredible. Another thing that we saw was to look in the mirror. Right? He says, judge not, lest ye be judged. Well, he's not saying don't judge. He's saying when you judge, expect to be judged in return. And the way you judge, you judge righteous judgment. You judge the way I judge. You judge according to what God says. All right? and, and we saw that judgment is simply measuring against a standard. What is the standard? The standard is God's word. And, and when we look at God's word, it shows us who we actually are. And that's what we see in James chapter 1. The next thing we needed to see was to ask through prayer. You want meaningful relationships in your life? Are you even praying about it? <laughs> I mean, have you, have you honestly sat down and spent time talking to God about what you desire? Who you desire? Are you praying for God to be working in somebody else's life, whether you know that person or not. Maybe you desire to have a relationship someday, and, and you don't even know who with a dating relationship. I, I'd love, love to meet that someone special. Are you praying for that someone special now? Why not? I mean, if they're going to be in your life someday, why wouldn't you be praying for them right now? Are you even asking? The second thing was to seek, seek God's word for direction. John 4 talks about the living water. Ephesians 5.26 is the washing uh, by renewing, or washing by the water of the word. Um, The next thing is to knock. And the way that we knock is by responding to God's leading, by physically taking steps to obey what God has asked us to do. The things that when we seek his word, he says, here's something you found, This this is something for you to work on. Are you working on what he's showing you? Are you talking to God? Are you listening to God? Are you obeying what he's showing you? Pretty simple. It's a relationship with God first. It's the same thing, right? Are you spending time in a meaningful relationship with the Lord? Are you responding to his his calling and his direction? And we saw the example in Genesis chapter 24 of Rebekah when the nameless servant went out to find a bride, the nameless servant, was a picture of the Spirit of God, right? And he found Rebecca at the well, which is a picture of the Word of God. Not only taking in from the well herself, but distributing the Word of God. And when he called, she followed. So what's the picture? Who are you looking for? You're looking for somebody who's in the Word of God, sharing the Word of God, responding to it. Oh, and when God says, let's go, they go. The fruit of their life says, I'm going to do what God says to do. <clears throat> and then the last one is to get the, God, the word of God to others. And we saw that as well with Rebecca. All right. So God has one plan of salvation. God has a narrow path, a plan for us to build relationships his way. But he's not going to make you do it. We've seen this time and time again, right? He's not going to force you. If you choose him to, to be Lord and Savior, you, you choose to put him in that place. But, but you get to make your own decisions as you go, don't you? The second point in, in the title of this message is choose your own adventure, right? You, you want an adventure like the rest of the world? Or do you want the, the adventure that God has laid out for you? How many of you have ever read those books that are choose-your-own-adventure books? That used to be really popular when I was younger. Okay, still. So those have kind of been replaced by open-world video games, right? If I want to go to this town first and conquer those people, I can go there first. But if I go to another town and conquer those people, I'll have different weapons to conquer the, the first ones. You know, it's just you choose your own adventure. Whichever way you want to go, whoever you want to conquer first, you go there first. That's, that's the way this is, right? You, you get to choose which path you're going to take. Am I going to choose God's path? Am I going to choose my own path? Am I going to make it up as I go? Uh, most people believe that, that following biblical principles is, is, is going to be a very boring path. It's just not going to be any fun if I just have to follow all the rules and, and just never enjoy life. And man, God just doesn't want me to have any fun whatsoever, right, that's just old-fashioned, that's boring, there's no risk, there's no reward, I mean, that's, that's not what I've experienced, how many of you have been walking with the Lord for 10 years, all right, are you bored yet? I mean, I, I got saved shortly thereafter, um, had an opportunity to go to the Philippines had another opportunity a couple of years later to go to the Philippines, just following God and opportunities that he's putting in front of me. I'm in the Philippines for almost a month, and we get locked up in immigration overnight for sharing the gospel. Boring stuff. I mean, just, just terribly boring stuff. You know, out there just putting your faith on the line, and, and you know, we get out the next day only because immigration, or the, our immigration found out, or our embassy found out, and shamed <laughs> the country of the Philippines to get us out of there. You're, you, seriously, you're going to hold American missionaries for money? What are, you, what are you doing? Wait till that hits the media. And, and we got out the next day and found out, oh, by the way, that's how people disappear here. Boring stuff. Boring stuff. Uh, if, if you ask my wife, and, and she was completely honest with you, and she's not going to be because she's sweet, she would tell you I'm a really boring guy. <laughs> I am not a risk taker. I don't, I don't adventure to new restaurants. I don't eat new things at current restaurants. I know what I like. I like T County, why would you ever go outside of, I mean home is home, let's stay home. That's, that's excitement for me. And, and again she's sweet, she won't t- I'll tell you that, I'm, I'm boring, right? I'm not a risk taker, I'm an engineer, I, I process information and I'm good with it. That's all that needs to be done. That's not exciting. But somehow, we have three kids that are anything but dull. <laughs> anything but dull. We have, I have this, this beautiful wife. Our life together is an adventure. I'm not exciting, but our life is, is thrilling. God is always putting opportunities in front of us. I, I left a job of 17 years at All, a very steady job, a very steady pay, to, to come on staff here and do something I've never done before. And some of you may say, well, what? yeah, that was a bad move, but <laughs> I'm trusting the Lord. This is a crazy adventure, man, for, for less pay, for, you know, different benefits, everything, the hours. I, I worked 7 to 3.30 for 17 years straight, and now I just work. <laughs> it's, just, it's just whenever it comes up, right? And it comes up all the time, and so that's interesting. Boring stuff. Boring stuff following Christ, Right? I, I just had the opportunity to go and preach a conference in Albania, one of the highlights of my Christian life. That was, that was incredible to, to be able to meet and speak English and, and have somebody correct, probably my English <laughs> as they were tra- It was awesome. It was amazing, and I met the most wonderful people. Boring stuff following the Lord. Proverbs 16:9 says, a, man devi- "A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directs his, str- his steps." We're going to fly through these. What man is it? Is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. Right? Psalm 119, teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes. Psalm one thirty nine twenty three. search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Right? We can follow our way, or we can ask God to correct our way. And set me according to his. And, and each of these, if you jump down to Proverbs 1, verse 10, it says, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Verse 15 says, My son, walk thou not in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. All the way down, Proverbs four nineteen, the way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. All right. So there's, there's world's wisdom, there's God's wisdom. They're in stark contrast to one another. The next two blanks the, are letter A. It says the world says dot, dot, dot. Letter B is the Bible says dot, dot, dot. I'm going to try to fly through these so we can have some time to talk. The world has something to say about family and parenting. The world has something to say about friendships, about love, about dating, marriage, and the church itself. And then the Bible says something completely different. The reason we're gonna look at these is because I want you to start thinking about what has the world filled your mind with and told you is true about these topics? Because we're looking through filters. We don't always see things the way God says is true. And sometimes it's because we've heard it so many times we just don't even second guess it. We just believe, well, that's what, that's what families like. All families are like that, right? Isn't that what it's supposed to be? No, it's not supposed to be that way. God designed it a specific way. It's all messed up across the board, right? Parenting, the world says the older you get, the more out of touch with reality you are. Your parents are morons. That's what the world says. Watch any show on Disney Channel. We don't watch a whole lot of them at my house because every kid runs the house because their parents are bumbling idiots. How could you submit to those morons? They can't even, you know, they can't even function. How do they get to work? What is wrong with these people? Proverbs 30, verse 17 says, The eye that mocketh at his father and despiseth to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out, and the young eagles shall eat it. If you can't follow the lead of your parents, don't be surprised someday when you're destitute and lonely and the birds are picking your eyes out, right? The birds of life. Ephesians 6 says, Children, obey your parents. This is right. Honor your father and mother. Titus 2, verses 1 through 5, talks about the purpose of the elders in our church is for you and I to go to and get wisdom of life. They're not morons, they're a treasure trove of experience and life and pain and agony and victory. The world says they're morons. And the older you get, because you can't figure out a cell phone, you are of no value to society. What a mess. What a lie. Friendships, the world says surround yourself with people who are going to build you up. I agree. But the world says they they need to build you up by telling you what you want to hear. If somebody tells you the opposite of what you want to hear, you want to get rid of those people because they're just angry, you know, hate mongers. They're judgmental. If they're going to tell you anything other than what you believe to be true, well, they can't be right, right? Proverbs eighteen twenty-four: a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And we saw Proverbs 27, 6, faithful are the wounds of a friend. That doesn't mean a friend is always going to be faithful to hurt you. A friend is going to be faithful to tell you the truth, and the truth hurts sometimes, doesn't it? faithful, you want a friend in your life that's going to build you up in the right way because sometimes there's things in your life that shouldn't be there. The world says that you can fall out of love with someone. God says love is a choice. All of First Corinthians chapter 13. Love is a choice and love is action. You choose to love and you choose not to love or you never loved in the first place. You don't fall out of love. Dating, the world says that to find somebody that pleases you. God says find somebody that pleases him. The world says if you're going to find out if this person is right for you, then you probably ought to have sex with them because, I mean, if you're going to be doing that the rest of your life, you better figure out if you actually want to. Uh, let, me just, let me just clue you in here. You want to. That's, that's not a thing. <laughs> I mean, like, like it's, it's not like, have you heard the, the saying, you know, you wouldn't buy a car without test driving at first? Have you heard that? I mean, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard when, when talking about having premarital sex. Ladies, let me just ask you, how many of you are just moved, moved by that comment? If a man would say he wants to have sex with you because he wants to know, you know, this is just it's a test drive. I just want to know if I want to put some mileage. I mean, is that really? How romantic. No, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And if you've said that, men, you're stupid. That's a stupid thing to say. That is a selfish, ignorant thing to say. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says, Flee fornication. Every man that, or every sin that a man doeth, Is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. This world tells you you can have sex with no effect. God says it is tied to your very soul. It's going to mess you up. You have somebody that you love in your life that you can sacrificially give for, have sex and you won't have that anymore. Premarital. It's gonna ruin it. God says it's the opposite. Marriage, the world says if husband leads the family, he's, he's gotta be an egomaniac. He's gotta be some kind of angry, you know, mess of a man. And, and any woman that tolerates that kind of a man is, is just weak and she doesn't recognize her power. God says, No, I I created you, I created you in order, I created you for a specific job. I created you, man, and then I created your wife, to help you fulfill your job. I put things in an order. I didn't create one of you better than the other. I created one first and the other second. I created a purpose. I created a helper. This world says, oh, that's, that's all wrong. I can't submit. Ephesians 5.22 says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. If you can't submit to your husband, you are not submitted to the lord and the husband is to love the wife as Christ loved the church if he's not doing that he's not loving the lord and then the church um we're running out of time so i want to jump down to the psalm 12 this world says that, that God's word is subject to correction, right? The, the philosophies of this world have crept their way into the church. The church is now thinking and speaking and acting like the world that, that we're supposed to be opposite of. And this world says that there is no God and now the church says there is no standard. We don't believe that here. Right? If if we can convince ourselves that God didn't actually say something, then we don't have to submit to it, do we? We can remove that verse. Psalm 12, verse 6 and 7 says, the words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times, thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. Did God promise to keep his word? To preserve his word, he did. Either he did or he didn't. Did he preserve it? He promised to. He create, he, he's the God that has the power to create all of everything. He has the power to preserve his word. Proverbs 30, 5, and 6, every word of God is pure. He says, add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and, fi- and thou be found a liar. See, if we can, if we can prove that God's the liar, then, then we can choose whoever we want and do whatever we want with him and have no consequences. But that's just not the truth, is it? The world says you have rights, and even God can't take those away from you. Christians all over the world are flaunting their liberty because I have rights. So we're free from sin, Romans 6 tells us. We become servants of righteousness. Psalm 119, 45, I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts. Romans 8.21, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. We have been set free from the sins that bound us. 1 Corinthians 8.9, but take heed lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. The the problem that we have with this verse, you know, I've got liberty and I I don't want to be your stumbling block, so I choose not to exercise that liberty, but what we don't realize is we're the ones that are weak. And we're a stumbling block to our own selves by walking as close to sin as we possibly can walk, because I'm allowed to. Yet we don't realize Galatians 5.1, stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage, but I'm just going to go ahead and latch onto this thing and walk as close as possible and not be able to get away from it. That's not liberty. You've put yourself back in bondage by choice. I covered a bunch of stuff tonight. I'm sorry that it wasn't as quick as I'd hoped. We've got some questions on your sheet. And I have a question for you just as you're looking at these. Do you, do you want the results that the world has? Then do it your own way. If you want the results that God has to offer, and he has incredible results, but it takes time. Time is not your enemy. Time is God's tool to get rid of stuff in your life. He uses time like a chisel, and so you're either going to wait as long as it takes or until you can't take it anymore. Go ahead and get into those questions. Uh, Get into like groups four or five. Um, and then we'll just take some time. At 8.15, in about 15 minutes, those who have child care will have to go get your kiddos. So about 15 minutes. Thank you, guys.